The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. My guest today, Ashley Milas, is a registered nurse with chronic illness. She found a way to thrive with her illnesses after 12 years of feeling no support from her doctors. She became a certified wellness coach and meditation and mindfulness teacher, and Ashley now coaches other people with chronic illnesses to help them find joy, inspiration, self-empowerment, healing, and peace. On today's episode, we talk about loss of identity that comes with chronic illness, how to cope with grief, and tips to feel joy and truly thrive with chronic illness. Ashley, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to start asking you questions. I love all of the different types of information that you share for people with chronic illness. I feel like you touch on so many factors that can really bring people down when you have chronic illness. So I'm excited to get to those, but before we do, do you mind if I ask you a question from my interview deck to help our listeners get to know you better? Sure. Okay. So I'm just going to shuffle. Your question is, when you wake up in the morning, what is your number one priority? I have the same routine every morning when I wake up. Actually, I wake up and I say my morning mantra. Funny enough, I mean, no one can see me right now, but you can see me behind me is my morning mantra that I say every day. And then I get in the shower and I do, it's almost kind of like a shower meditation. It's just my time to kind of just get ready for my day and check in with myself. I do a mental check-in. I check in, see how I'm doing physically, see how I'm feeling mentally and see how I'm feeling emotionally. And it really sets me up for my day because I'm fully aware of where I'm at and what I need and kind of prepare me for the day. So that's pretty much what I do. I love that. That sounds, wow. I don't think I ever do check-ins like that, but what a great way to... It's the first thing I do when, because when your mind is fresh, like when you first wake up and your mind is fresh, that's when you're the most in tune to what's going on inside of you. So I like to do it right then and there so I can kind of catch things, you know, if I'm a little off somewhere, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do today to kind of get me back in balance? What do I need today? My rest, like go back to bed. (laughs) That's great. I recently saw an ad, I'm assuming it was on Instagram or somewhere online for shower affirmations. And they're affirmations that you, that stick to your shower wall. I think I saw that somewhere too. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Your mantra, because I can see it behind you, it looks pretty long. Is it really really long long or just big letters? It's, it actually is kind of long. It's from, have you ever heard of Gabby Bernstein? 
Yes. Love Gabby Bernstein. So this is one, it's in, I forget which book I've read so many of her books. It's from one of her books. And I don't know, it's kind of long. Do you want me to read it or? Yeah, you can read it. Why not? Why not? (laughs) It just says, my body is rested and my mind is clear. I start my day with positive thoughts and energy. I am relaxed, non-resistant and clear. My day unfolds with ease and grace. People support me throughout the day. The universe supports my desires today. I am open to receiving greatness. I am energized and inspired. Creative possibilities are available to me. Nothing holds me back. I take action with faith and clarity. I am healthy, well, and vibrant. Today is a great day. I'm having fun today. I bring joy to others. I bring light with me wherever I go. I'm a positive influence on the world. All is well. I love that. I really love that one. There's, it kind of sets me up for, you know, if I'm kind of wake up and not feeling so great, Mm -hmm. it sets me up for my day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, why don't you, before I start asking you questions, why don't you share with us a little bit about who you are, especially if our listeners haven't heard of you before, who you are and how you got into this work that you're now doing with your clients. Okay. Well, I started the first part of my career. I worked as a nurse for 12 years. So I worked with all different kinds of acute and chronic illnesses until I became chronically ill myself. And then I wasn't physically able to work anymore. I kind of had to figure out what I was going to do. And I've had a really difficult journey with my illness. I've had it for, I guess, 11 years now. And the first part of my illness, the first seven years, it was just kind of this mystery illness and no one knew it was wrong with me. And I received a lot of medical gaslighting, like nothing's wrong with you. You're fine. So a lot of the first part of my illness that I was kind of just made to kind of think I was crazy and kind of, you know, there wasn't anything I could do. So it was a really traumatic time for me. And it got to the point though, that I just got so sick that I couldn't function in everyday life. And I'm like, I know something's wrong. And to the point where I was pretty sure that like I was dying and no one could tell me why. And I got into a really dark place with that. And I really felt very alone because there was seemed to be no one that could help me or even believe me that I was sick. So around that time, I realized I just, there's some, I had to do something and I started meditating actually. And that kind of brought me into my inner world. I just kind of got more connected within myself on a deeper level. And that's kind of when things started. I started to kind of figure things out and start thinking outside the box and really kind of started my journey of healing. And so I started uncovering different diagnoses diagnoses, however you say that, <laughs> that I have. I found out that I had SIRS, which is a mold illness. I was living in a moldy home. Later on, I found out that I had Bartonella. I was positive for Bartonella, which is a Lyme co-infection. So I'm kind of treated as a Lyme patient. And then I've been told I have chronic fatigue syndrome. And then also most recently, I was diagnosed with hyperpots, which is a form of dysautonomia which is just a dysregulation of my autonomic nervous system. So kind of just, and I feel like there's still missing pieces to the puzzle. You know, there's all of these things that I'm just always discovering and trying to get better. But 
throughout this whole process, it has been such a journey. And I think the hardest thing was that even once I got a diagnosis, I still didn't know what to do with myself. You know, it's like you have these doctors will do this treatment and this is what to expect. And, you know, and then they just send you on your way and you're kind of like, okay, but this has changed absolutely everything in my world. You know, my whole life is kind of changed from, uh, from this illness. And how am I supposed to live like this? How am I supposed to be happy? What do I do? You know, I, I, everything's changed. I have all of these losses. I can't work anymore. You know, my relationships are failing financially where I'm, there's no security anymore. You know, I can't do the things that I loved anymore, the things that inspired me. And I'm just feeling very lonely and isolated. Like, what do I do with that? <laughs> so it's kind of like we get into this mental and emotional storm mm-hmm. and it's very lonely. And I tried to go to therapists, which I have a great therapist and she's helped me with many things, but with the illness, there wasn't anyone that could relate or kind of guide me through how to live life with an illness. And so I started thinking, I am going to learn how to do this and I'm going to help other people do this too. Cause there's gotta be a way to, ex- there's gotta be a different way to experience this that's a better way to experience life and still live life like this and be happy. And right now I was just in a dark hole. So that's when I really just started my journey with it and just learning. And it's just going through really a lot of hard things to learn a lot of beautiful lessons and just things that worked and things that didn't work. And, and that's what I'm so passionate about it because I've turned changed my life around how I live now even though I'm still very sick, I live very well. Not every day is great. It's, you know, there's ups and downs all the time, but I know how to ride the wave and I know how to keep myself good and thriving. And so I just want to help other people do that because it is a very lonely place to be. And when you're in it, you feel like you're all by yourself. You don't know what to do. Yeah. One thing that I love on your website, the first thing that you see says, I might get mess this up a little, but it's basically the message is you don't have to do this alone. I'm here to help. And it's like, wow, I just love that. Cause you're right. This can be a very lonely journey. Even I have so many clients who have MS, but their family members don't. And therefore they try their best to understand what it's like to have MS, but you don't really know. And that can feel really lonely. It is. So lonely. What about, you mentioned the loss of identity, like everything changed for you. That's another thing that most of my clients with MS experience at some point, usually is earlier on in their diagnosis. But how do we wrap our heads around that? And what's, what is a way out of that so that we can stop feeling this loss and actually work towards getting back to who we want to be? Yeah, that is a huge one. Loss of identity. It is might for me be one of the hardest parts of getting sick. And it's a process. I will say it's a process and it's a practice. It's not something that we can just fix overnight. You know, this feeling of this loss of identity. I think it's important to understand where it stems from. 
because really the loss of identity really is grief. We're really in grief when we feel this loss of identity. And I think a lot of people don't realize when we have a chronic illness that we experience grief because a lot of people think of grief as, oh, it's when someone passes away, someone, and it's just kind of centered around death, but it's really not. Grief is, it's pain felt by any kind of loss. And so, of course, with chronic illness, it creates a lot of different losses. It can create a lot of different losses. And so... I think a lot of times we don't realize that we're sitting in grief with all of these different losses that are kind of adding up and we don't really know what to do. And when we're in grief, we kind of find ourselves in this weird place of we're not who we used to be before we were, you know, before we became, became ill. And we're not quite yet who we're going to be in this living as this person with this illness but we're like in this limbo phase and we're trying to figure out like, well, who, who am I with this? Or a lot of times we're also in resistance of it. Like, I don't, I don't want to be this. I want to be good again. Like I'm going to try to fight against this and resist this and get back to, I want to just be who I was. And we try to fight against that. And that creates a lot of suffering when we do that. And so I think the first step in trying to fix this kind of feeling of loss of identity is tending to our grief and really just being aware of it and allowing it to be there and moving through all the different stages that come. Because when we're just resisting all that's, that's happening, we're just creating more suffering for ourselves. And we're just creating more time spent in this limbo phase. And we're not really getting to, you know, who we're, you know. Yeah. We. And I will say, I think it's funny because we go through this kind of identity crisis. Like, who am I anymore? And I've done it myself. But the funny thing is kind of having an illness brings you into this place of actually learning who you really are. Yeah, that's so rare. Dive deeper because we're not pushed to really go that deep within ourselves. You know, we, we identify ourselves as these roles that we have, like I'm a wife or a mother or, you know, a doctor or an accountant. We have these roles and we think those are our identities, but that's really not who we are. And so when we do get an illness, it kind of stirs things up and it kind of forces us to kind of go inside ourselves and be like, wait, who, who am I really? And that's actually a really one of the beautiful parts of going through it because it's, it's painful. It's painful. I'm not going to lie. Like it's painful to go through it, but out of this pain and, you know, going within, we really can find like these beautiful parts of ourselves and also just these parts of ourselves that needed healing that we didn't even know needed healing. Mm. And we can almost come out on the other side feeling more healed and whole than we did when we were like healthy even before the illness. It's just a different way. I mean, I feel that my identity, I'm the same person, but yet I've had so much growth and know myself on a deeper level now. 
Yeah, so. I feel like most of us don't know who we are on a deeper level if you haven't gone through this work just because it's not talked about. Like it's not taught in school, college, jobs. Like nowhere ever are we trained to look inward on this deeper level and consistently because chronic illness or not, we change over time anyways. But then especially when a chronic illness comes into play, it's just even that much more important. So how do you guide someone to find a new identity or to move through this grief when there is so many unknowns with chronic illness? You know, in MS as well as others, every day can be drastically different. So do you choose different identities based on each day? Or earlier you said you ride the wave. How, do, how does someone cope with that? You meet yourself right where you are on that particular day. It's more about being present with right where you are and you're not trying to be doing all the things you used to do and be, and you're not trying to jump too forward in the future and be like this version that you're creating in your mind, right? You really just try every day to meet yourself right where you are. What things are your challenges? You know, on that particular day, where are you having challenges? So fear is a big one. So, I mean, depending on what's kind of going on mentally and emotionally, we work with the most significant thing going on. So fear is a huge one because, and just that uncertainty, like you were talking about, you don't really know from day to day what's going to happen sometimes or in the future. And we really have to work on that fear and getting comfortable with those thoughts coming in because they're always going to come in. Even when we learn to manage them properly, they're always going to come in and it's fine for it to come in. It's just how we react and manage it and work through it and move through that each time. It's also about creating safety within our bodies again, because when we get sick, sometimes we don't even feel safe to be in our bodies. And that's a really awful way to feel. And that comes from physical symptoms that happen. And it also comes from, there's just all of these big emotions that we're facing within our body and kind of just, it's just too much sometimes. So I work with people on really getting comfortable in their body from a physical standpoint, again, comfortable physically and feeling safe. And then also finding safety in those emotions and feelings that are all there too. And really learning, coaching people how to kind of allow them to be there and then just kind of moving through them. And I have all kinds of little tips and tricks and, you know, I'm a coach and I help people learn how to coach themselves because I can't be with them all the time. So I teach them kind of how to get yourself through it, how to talk yourself through all the challenges that happen and that come up. And I know you work also with not only physical things. So I know at least for a lot of my clients, when something happens, when a symptom either comes on for the first time or is worsening, maybe a relapse, a lot of the times they'll resort to exercise and or medication. But one way that you work with your clients is through mindfulness and meditation, and then also by regulating our nervous system. 
Can you talk about what those two things even are and how they help someone with chronic illness? Well, we have to realize that when we have a chronic illness, we have two types of suffering. So we have our primary suffering, which is the illness itself, the symptoms, like you're saying, the symptoms that happen. And then we have a secondary suffering, and that is the mental and emotional pain and suffering that comes. Because think about it, when we have a symptom flare up or things like that happen, it's not just the the symptom that's happening that's that's causing the suffering it's our mind too and we're kind of worrying like oh my gosh i'm getting worse or oh no i'm not going to be able to do this today or oh like you know just kind of we can kind of spiral a little bit in our mind and then we can feel emotional about it oh i get sad or angry or or whatever so we can really create this secondary layer of suffering and that doesn't have to be there it's going to come but that's the one that we can work with because we can't always control the primary suffering, the symptoms coming and all of that. But we can learn to work with and manage that secondary layer of suffering. And if we can do that, then we can live a much easier life. So easier said than done, I know. And that's that's just having like little tips and tricks. And the first is just being aware that that's happening. So say you have a symptom, what's one of the MS symptom, I guess, that could really... Fatigue is a big one, like worse fatigue than usual. Which I can relate to that. Mine is really, (laughs) I have really bad fatigue as well. So when you have fatigue, okay, so you have the fatigue, you have that suffering, right? That's not comfortable at all. But then your mind might be thinking, oh no, I can't have this fatigue today. I need, I need to do the, I need to get up. I need to do things. I need to be productive or, oh, oh, am I getting worse? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, we just kind of start doing that. So the first thing is really just being aware of when we're doing that in our mind and then realize, okay, I'm doing that. And we don't beat ourselves up about that. We're like, okay, well, I see like, that's what's going on. It's okay. I'm having these thoughts, but I realize that I need to calm myself down. Like I'm, I'm going to, you know, quiet my nervous system. You asked about the nervous system. So there's different things we can do to kind of just get us back into balance. A simple thing is just breathing, which I know people hear that all the time, but it really does. For example, there's a, a breathing exercise called two to one breathing. And it's when your exhale is twice as long as your inhale. And the reason why that's good is because on our exhale, our out breath is what activates our parasympathetic nervous system. And that's our rest, restful, peaceful state. So when we breathe in, like say we breathe in for four and breathe out slowly for eight, we're basically sending a message to our brain that we're okay. We're calming down our nervous system and telling ourselves that we're okay. That's so cool that there's an actual way to do that, that you don't just have to kick that inner bully out of your head, but there's actually other ways to tell yourself that you're okay, that you're safe and surviving. Yeah. And that's that's one of just the quickest, easiest ways to tell yourself, like, hey, I'm okay. And then I would do a little coaching, like, okay, I'm calm. I took my breath. Okay, I'm okay. 
And what do I need? What do I need right now with a symptom? What can I do for myself right now? Like the symptoms there. So what do I need? Do I need to lay down today? Do I need to clear my calendar? You know, do I need to distract myself because I'm on the worry train? Like, what do I actually need that can make me feel better? I mean, I have so many different techniques. There's just, I mean, those are just two, but it's just about learning what works for you as an individual. Not every little technique that I throw out is going to be helpful, but you kind of find what works for you. And eventually over time, you develop like this toolbox of all these different tools. So with each thing you encounter, you can kind of pull out which tool you need to use to get you through. I like the idea of a toolbox because one thing that I noticed recently, and I know this happens for everyone, is that there's different levels of downward spirals and that negative self-talk. And sometimes, for me at least, sometimes it takes belly breathing and I'm fine. I snap myself out of it. Other times, oh my gosh, I need to try like 10 different things because I just cannot stop thinking about these situations or this negative talk. And it requires lots of different things. Is there, do you have a favorite one that works for you for those times where it's just really bad in your head? Mm -hmm. Well, I have to say it's situational too, because what I've learned is sometimes you just have to meet yourself where you are in the energy that you're at. So like, for instance, like if I am angry or feeling in, you know, like rage or anger of what's going on, I'm probably not going to be so very successful at sitting down and meditating, you know, because it's just like, I'm too amped up. Like my energy is too in a different on a, in a different frequency than that. So sometimes you have to meet yourself at the energy that you're at. So sometimes that might be like, you know, screaming into a pillow, punching a pillow, like listening to, you know, a music that meets that, some music that meets that energy. Or like, I know we can't always go for a run. People that can do that could do that or a walk or just go sit in nature or whatever, just get it out. Like, so it isn't always about just calming yourself down. Sometimes it's just about moving stuff out. You know, you could even just kind of like tap your foot and like kind of rub rub your thighs, just kind of like, sometimes you just need to move the energy. And then other times it's just about calming ourselves down. But you know, sometimes when you're on a spiral, you can't just be like, okay, I need to be calm. It's not, that, that breathing is not going to work. You're like, no, I need to kind of scream or I need to like get this out. And that's okay. I think people don't realize that, you know, everyone resorts to just calming themselves down really you know, and they get more frustrated because sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes you got to get all that out and then you can move to the more calming methods later. Mm. That's such a good point. I never think of getting it out. I always just think of stopping it. Like, what can I do to not feel this anymore? And it's usually more avoidance space. Like, how can I distract myself from this? So I love those two techniques of just the calming in whatever way works for you or physically get it out, yelling, punching the air. Sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes I'll just kind of like hold my, like you can't see me, I guess, but you know, I'm kind of like hugging myself and just kind of rocking, you know, kind of just rocking, Mm -hmm. like moving, just sometimes that movement will just Mm -hmm. help kind of release that energy. Cause we, we store a lot. We go through a lot. Yeah. And sometimes that energy just really needs to come out before we can calm ourselves down. So yeah, we don't want to get more frustrated by trying to like move into these calming things when our body is like, no, I need to get it out. 
Right. Yeah. Then you're judging yourself even more. Learn that actually, you know, but like I'm a meditation teacher. And so, you know, everyone thinks, oh, it's all about being calm. But I'm like, no, I I had to learn. Like sometimes you've got to get all that moving before you can move into that calm space. Yeah. So you said in the beginning that you have found a way to thrive with your chronic illness. And one way it sounds like is your morning routine. I love that, that we pulled that random question for you today, like your mantra, your morning routine. Are there any other things that you do daily or at least consistently to set yourself up for success? So of course we never know what's going to come with chronic illness, but you at least feel like you're doing your best so that it makes those times when it does kind of throw you off track a little bit more bearable? I would say that I am, I've become my own best friend. I'm my biggest supporter and cheerleader. And because you're right, I don't know what day I'm, what kind of day I'm going to have. So it might be a really hard day or it might be an okay day or it might be a good day. You don't really know what's going to come But if I know that I'm there for myself and kind of there as my best friend, then I can get myself through anything. It's really about, I've said it before, but meeting yourself where you are in that moment. And so you want to have this really beautiful, nice, kind, and gentle inner dialogue with yourself each day. And so when I am having a hard day, I don't beat myself up for it. Or if I catch myself being hard on myself, I shut that down, you know? And I really like just pay attention to, well, what do I need? I ask myself that almost every day, probably. I mean, well, what do I need right now? When something's coming up, what do I need to feel good? What do I need to thrive today? And sometimes thriving is going back to bed and resting and, and not doing all the things that I had scheduled today. You know, and so I think it's a really important thing when you have a chronic illness to become your best friend, speak to yourself as you would a friend or speak to yourself as you would like a child, very calm and gentle because, you know, we do have outside people for support and that's very important, but there's not any one person that's going to be there with you 24 seven. And so we have to be there for ourselves and take care of ourselves, and comfort ourselves, and show ourselves compassion because we do go through so many hard things. And so to have that feeling that we're taking care of every day is so important. That's what kind of keeps us feeling like we're thriving, that we're being taken care of. And we can't really depend on everyone else to do that for us. We really need to do that for ourselves. I love that so much. How long did that take you? to be able to do consistently. Cause I just feel like for myself and probably most people, that's not going to come natural to be our own best friend. Did it take a while or how um, was that journey? It, it took a while to get to that. I, I think it took a while to get to that place of just self-love for myself mm-hmm. you know, because I was very much, I still am. I still am a perfectionist. I'm a people pleaser. I have these things about me that I continue to work on. And I think it really took getting to know myself on a deeper level to really get to that place where I could really love myself 
enough to take care of myself like that every day. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm, I'm perfect at that every day. There's days where I can be mean to myself in my mind, you know, but it's about recognizing it and knowing like, Hey, I, I need to be good to myself. Like I need to show myself compassion and work with myself through it. And so we're never going to be perfect. That's not something I think we ever just fully achieve, but we get in the habit of it so that when we kind of fall off or we're having a really hard day, we can kind of get ourselves back on track. Because I always say when we have a hard day, those are the days that you can't trust the stories you tell yourself in your mind. You know, those days, sure. like we like don't ever trust anything you're telling yourself in your mind when you're just really and having like a big mental and emotional storm. So on those days, that's like me telling myself like, Hey, don't listen to yourself. <laughs> Go rest. You you're being crazy. Go rest. You're mm-hmm. gonna feel better. No, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and you share so many resources online too. I know you have a YouTube page where you have lots of meditations and mindfulness strategies to help with this too. So can you share some of the links that you have and how people can reach you if they want to learn more from you or work with you? I do have my meditations on YouTube, but I also have my meditations on the meditation app Insight Timer, which is, I think it's a great resource. It's a free meditation app and there's all different kinds of styles of meditation there. And then I think there's a paid membership where you can take courses and stuff too. So my meditations are on there and they're a great resource. I do my own meditations. Fun fact, like like I listen to my own because I actually created them because there are things that come up in my life every day that I need help with. So I'm like, you know, I'll pop it on when I fall off track and listen to myself, talk to myself. Uh, And they're very specific too. It's not just meditation to feel calm, but it's for a meditation for specific things, which I think like specific situations, which I think is so helpful. Yes, I tried to make it on top. Each meditation is a topic that we all kind of go through of challenges, I guess, that we have with chronic illness. So I try to make the meditations focused on that to help people through those challenges. And then I, you can always go to my website, ashleymilaswellnesscoach.com. I offer free initial, a free initial consultation for coaching if anyone is just interested. And yeah, it's just, it's what I love to do. Like, I just love, I I feel like I went through this and I go through this for a reason and I just want to help other people, you know, go through this and, and, and live well because we can even, I mean, it's hard, but we can still live like very full lives. Yeah. And I think just even hearing that hopefully is giving some people hope that it is possible because some people may have been in this chronic illness journey for so long that they didn't even realize it was possible. So I think this episode will will bring hope for a lot of people that it is possible and then even some strategies too. And I'll put all those links in your website, Instagram, YouTube, Insight Timer, all that in the show notes. So if anyone's listening, you guys can check there. But this has been so great. Thank you so much for these tips and for your time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me here. It's been fun. Of course. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. 
If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you love this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.